Hi, my name is Rhett Barden, and I'm the lead pastor of One Life Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today. At One Life Church, we exist to help you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. For more information on how you can be a part, please visit us online at olc.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning, One Life Church. It is so good to see you today. My name is Rhett. I have the honor and it is the privilege of my life to get to be the lead pastor here. I want to welcome you if it's your first time hanging out with us. Hey, we are starting a new series today. We're calling Living Legacy. But before I tell you more about that, I just want to take a moment. I want to welcome our online church family. Everybody in the room, throw your hands together and welcome those who are joining us online today. Woo! It really is great to have you along for the ride today, wherever you're joining us. We want you to know that you are our family. All right, you guys, we are a message note-taking church, which simply means we love to take notes here at One Life Church. And so here's, the, here's what I've always desired to do. I, didn't, I don't just want to inspire you on a Sunday. That's important. I want to encourage you. But I also want to get God's word in your hands Monday through Saturday. And I want you to be able to live this out in the most practical way. And the notes give us that opportunity to do that. So if you'd like to do something maybe for the first time, maybe you're in here today and you're like, I'm not really a note taker. Well, I want to encourage you to try something that you've never done before because maybe, just maybe you might receive something from God today that is special. So if you would like to join along with us with notes, we're trying something new. We did this last week. I've heard a lot of great things about it. So I want to encourage you to text OLC notes. That's OLC notes to 94,000. And then the notes will come right there to your screen and you click a link and it'll open right on your phone. It's really cool. You can save it as a PDF. You can email it to a friend or a loved one. And so if notes have been a part and you've really enjoyed notes, can I hear a good amen from you in, in the room today? Awesome. Awesome. Well, this Living a Legacy is a series that we talk about pretty much this time and this season of every year. In fact, when my wife and I decided to move from Alabama all the way to the beautiful state that is Idaho back in January of 2018 with a dream in our heart to plant a local life-giving church, we had a couple things in mind. First of all, we just wanted to love God and we wanted to love you, but we wanted to help take you on a spiritual journey because whether or not you realize it or not or whether or not you even admit the truth to this or not, it doesn't change the fact that you and I, my friends, we are on a spiritual journey. And so we wanted to come alongside you and help you with four things. The first one is we simply wanted you to come to know God, not a religion, not a church, but to know God in his love for you through his son, Jesus. And as you build your relationship with God, we want to come alongside you and help you find freedom from your past so you can see the significance of your future. And my friends, to help you discover your purpose of why you are on this planet, which my friends is what today is all about, which is to make an eternal difference with your life. It's to live a legacy life. This is God's desire for you and for me, those who profess faith in Jesus Christ as Christians today. It's to make a difference with our life. Thus, the fact of why this is really just a spiritual journey series. Over the next two weeks, we're going to be teaching you on how to live a legacy life. So I want to first start by answering a question that you're probably asking, and that is, what is a legacy? What is legacy? Well, let me answer that to you. Taking notes, write this down. Legacy is simply where my life lives on. It's where my life lives on. In other words, it's where I'm leveraging my life in such a way that I'm not only impacting this generation, but I'm impacting the generations to come. In other words, I'm making a difference with my life in your life 
And your life is making a difference in somebody else's life. And that somebody else is making a difference in somebody else's life. And therefore, we're impacting the world. In other words, I'm giving all of my life to something that will outlive me. I'm leveraging my time, my talent, my creativity, my ideas, my thoughts, and even my finances to do what? To do good, not only for this generation, but for generations to come, and most importantly, for eternity. And again, I just want to make this statement. The ultimate purpose of your life and my life is to live a legacy life. It's living on purpose, for a purpose, with intentionality, my friends. It's so we can lay our head on the pillow at night, knowing that we can rest well with the fulfillment that comes from making an eternal difference with our lives. So Pastor Red, why is this all important? Well, before I answer that question, I love Mother Teresa because I think if there's any woman who ever left a legacy life or lived a legacy life and left a legacy, it was Mother Teresa. So what did she say? She said, hey guys, a life not lived for others is not a life. It's not a life. And so many of us, if we're honest, we might be in this room today or even online and we might be saying, Pastorette, you know, I've got my family. You know, I've even got money in the bank. I've got food. I've got clothing. I've got shelter. I've got friends. I've got a good job. But if I'm being honest, something's missing. And my soul, my soul isn't happy. Everything the world is offering me that I've bought into and that has told me that would make me happy For some reason, it's like the U2 song. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And so my question to you today is, if that's you, well, what are you focused on? Are you focused on you or are you focused on others? Because God would remind us today in Proverbs 11.25, I love this verse. God would tell us, hey guys, a generous person, a person who has chosen to live a legacy life, not for themselves, But for others will, here's the promise, will prosper. You'll be blessed. In fact, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. So what's this saying? It's saying, hey guys, listen, if you're focused on sowing generosity, you ready for this? The byproduct is blessing. It's prosperity. It's refreshing in your soul, in your soul. But if you're focused on me, myself, and I, Well, my friends, you're simply going to reap, oh me, oh my, oh why? It's the truth. Self-centered, prideful living will always end in hurt and pain. Maybe not physically, but inwardly and spiritually. And just to be clear, I want to remind you, James 4, 6 says this, guys. Hey, listen, God opposes the proud. God opposes those who live this self-centered life. But what does he do? Here's the good news. He gives grace to who? To those who live a legacy life. He gives unmerited favor and blessing. God relinquishes all that he has to who? To the humble. Those who don't live for themselves, but who live for, for others. In fact, I just want to remind you that Jesus Christ not only came to die on a cross to die for your sin and my sin. And not only did he rise again to give us new life, but Jesus Christ came to demonstrate to us not only God's love, but to demonstrate us how we should live our lives. In fact, Jesus says this about his life in Matthew 20, 28. Look at what he said. He said, the son of man, he's talking about himself. He said, I didn't come to be served. I didn't come to make this life all about me. And he could have, but he didn't. 
He said, I didn't come to make this life all about me. No, I came to make it about others. I came to serve. I came to live a legacy life, to teach you how to live a legacy life. And my friends, I'm just here today wanting to encourage you and letting you know there is a better way to live your life. And it's not selfishness, it's selflessness. It's living a legacy life. It's leveraging our time, our talent, our creativity, our thoughts, our ideas, our our belongings, and our finances. For what? For not me, myself, and I, but for for others, but for others. Well, Pastor Red, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm buying this. I don't know if I really want to do that. Well, that's okay. I just simply don't want you to be misled because God's word is very clear in Galatians 6, 7 through 10. Look at this. He says, hey, guys, don't be misled. Like you can't snub your nose up to God's principles. Like you can't mock the justice of God and think to yourself that if you continue to live the self-centered, selfish life all about me, 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 you can't think that you're gonna live that kind of way without paying for it. Why? Because you will always harvest what you, come on Idahoans, plant. You're always gonna harvest what you plant. What's saying? You're always gonna reap what you sow. There's a law and principles called the law of return. My friends, if I plant an apple tree, what am I gonna get? I'm going to get an apple tree. Come on, this is not rocket science, everybody. Go with me, right? If I plant an orange tree, what am I going to get? I'm going to get an orange tree. Oranges sound really good right about now. I'm just saying, anyway. But there's a principle. If you'll sow into your life, you'll sow into others, you'll reap back something. And I'm going to show that to you today. But look at the rest of the verse. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature. Like if my life is all about me, myself, and I, right, right, what happens? I will harvest a decay and death from that pride and arrogant living, the self-centeredness. It's called my sinful nature. The Bible teaches us in Romans 6, 23, that the wages of sin, living a self-centered life is death. But praise be to God, my friends, there is a free gift of eternal life through Christ Jesus. And it is amazing. It's our hope today that you'll experience it. I've got some good news for you. Look at the rest of the verse. Those who live... To please the spirit, those who are in relationship with God, those who choose to live a legacy life, to not make this life about themselves, but for others will. You ready for it? Here's the good news, everybody. You and I, my friends, will harvest everlasting life from the spirit of God. This is my hope for you. This is our hope for you. This is why we exist. This is why I moved 2,300 miles away from all my family and friends to be here today to hope that you would receive the eternal life that comes to you through the hope that is Jesus of living a legacy life. And so, therefore, look at the rest of the verse. Whenever we have the opportunity, and here's the big idea of today, we should do good. Everybody say good. We should do good to who? To those who just like us? To those who do nice things for us? No, yes, but no, not just them, but for everyone, and especially to the family of faith. My friends, this is what today is all about. In fact, this is not only what today is all about, this is what Christianity is all about. Listen, Christianity isn't just some like holy, righteous, perfect people club. It's not. No, Christianity is a group of men and women who've come to know God, walking with God, in relationship with God, experiencing his love, finding freedom, discovering their purpose, making an eternal difference with their life on mission, on purpose, for a purpose, living with intentionality, living a legacy. This is Christianity. And my friends, I want to remind you that if you put your faith in Christ Jesus, your name is written in a book of life in heaven. And therefore, you are called citizens of heaven. You can read about it in Hebrews 12, 23. But although we are citizens of heaven, we still live on this earth, don't we? 
So while we're here on this earth, God's called us to do what? To live a legacy life, to leave a legacy of love, of kindness, of good, not just for us, not just for our family, but for our city, our community, our state, this nation, and the world. Well, how do we do it? We leverage our lives. We take what God's given us and we steward it well, our time, our resources, our talent, our creativity, our thoughts, and our ideas, everything that makes up who we are, and we give it away. How? Through generous living, through, through doing good, through doing good. Well, Pastor Rep. I'm kind of with you today, but I don't really understand. I mean, this is kind of basic. And, you know, I mean, I know most of us in this room today, you might be thinking, well, I know this. I mean, I give my heart to Christ and the byproduct is I should just be do, living a good life. Why do you have to preach a message on this? In fact, why do you even have to take two weeks out of the year to talk about it? Well, my friends, I'm just telling you, it's because the word of God tells me to right here in Titus 3.1. And he's talking to a pastor here. Paul, who wrote two thirds of the New Testament, wrote a letter to a pastor. The pastor's name was Titus. And he said, hey, Titus, Pastor Titus, I want you to remind the people. What's that mean? It means, hey, Pastor Rhett, you pastor a church in Napa, Idaho and Caldwell in the Treasure Valley. And I want you to take some time and remind the people for what? To be ready to do. Here's the big idea. Whatever it is. Everybody say it out loud. Good to live a legacy life. In fact, I'm not only called to remind you, it goes on a couple of verses later and says, hey, I want you to stress, like teach a two-part series about it. Take some time and stress these things. Why? Look at this. So that those who have trusted God, that's you, that's me, may be careful to devote themselves to what? To doing what is, say it out loud, to doing what is good, to doing what is good. Why? Because I love the rest of the verse, because these things, they're excellent they're profitable. Doing good is excellent. It's profitable for who? For everyone. In other words, it not only benefits you, it not only benefits me, it benefits your family, it benefits your friends, it benefits the city, this community, our state, the nation, and so forth. So what I want to do today is honestly, I just want to do the very best I can to love you and encourage you, to inspire you, and to motivate you to do two words, do good. I want to prepare you, my friends, that when you leave this building today, is that the city of Nampa and Caldwell and the Treasure Valley goes, oh my goodness, One Life Church has left the building. Can I get a good amen, somebody? Amen. This is what we're called to do. But before I go any further and talk about doing good, I just want to remind the religious folks. And by the way, I was there at one time too, because I know what some of you were thinking. You're thinking, wow, okay, this is a works-based, righteous living, earn my salvation by doing good message. And I want you to know, no, it's not. Let me remind you today, Ephesians 2, 9 says that salvation, what is salvation? It's receiving eternal life with God in relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Salvation, a surrendered life, look at this, is not a reward for the good things we have done. Why? So none of you can boast about it. So I can't boast about it. So I can't go up into heaven and stand before God one day and go, hey, God, you got to let me in. God says, why? Oh, because I gave in the offering at, you know, One Life Church or because I prayed or because I served or because I was on the dream team. No, no, no. I can't stand before God and boast about the things that I've done to earn my way into a relationship with God and eternal life. My friends, you cannot earn your salvation by doing good. This is God's word. Verse eight, right before it says, God has saved you. How? By your works, by your kindness, by your good deeds, by your service, by you being nice enough? No, God saved you by his grace 
by his unmerited favor when you did what? When you believed, when you surrendered your life, you put your hope and your faith, not in yourself, but in a God who is bigger and greater and kinder and who gave his life for you. When you put your faith and hope and trust in God through his son, Jesus Christ, and you never can take credit for this. No, no, no. It's a gift from God. It's a beautiful, priceless gift that you cannot work for, but that you simply receive by faith and believing. But what I need you to understand is although we're saved by grace, when you and I come into a relationship with God, a miracle happens on the inside. We begin to experience the love of God. And as the love of God begins to permeate in our own life, what happens? Well, the byproduct is we begin to love other people. We begin to love our neighbor. We begin to do good. Why? Because the byproduct of a relationship with God is living a legacy life. It's doing good. It's being kind. It's loving God and it's loving others. This is what Christianity is all about. This is what the church is supposed to stand for. We as a church, we exist for the world, not for ourselves. Now, do we get things out of it? Yes, but God himself has deposited in us a love that the world needs to experience it. Well, how does he get it to them? Through you and through me, through us. And so today, I, I simply wanted to bring you an incredibly simple, practical message that many of you in this room could probably stand up here on this platform and preach. And the reason I'm bringing something very simple to you today is because sometimes in the simplicity of God's word can bring the most significant power and life change to our soul. And so I'll bring you a simple message today. So I apologize up front for how simple it is, but we're simply gonna be answering four questions today. Because what we've just seen from God's word is God's calling us to do good. So here's the question. Why should I do good? When should I do good? Where should I do good? How should I do good? Those are the questions we're going to answer. So if you're taking notes, write this down. First question is, why in the world should I do good? Now, I've already kind of said it, but let me put it in a point on a screen for your notes. And that is, doing good is what I was created to do. Doing good is what you were created to do. It is the purpose of our life. This is why we're alive, everybody. This is why we exist. Let me show it to you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we, that's you, that's me, those who have professed faith in Christ Jesus. What? We are God's workmanship. Time out for a moment. I don't care what your daddy said. I don't care what your auntie said. I don't care what your crazy uncle said. My friends, if you're online, you are no accident. My friends, you were handcrafted in workmanship, in the likeness and image of God Almighty. You were created on a purpose, on purpose, for a purpose. And that purpose is through Jesus Christ to do good work everybody. Look at the word. So what's it saying? And by the way, look at this, and which God prepared in advance for us to do, which blows my mind. Cause you know what that's saying? It's simply saying, Hey guys, God was in heaven going, you know, I have something that needs to get done. And so you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create you to do it. In other words, my name is Rhett. Hi, I'm born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm a Southerner. I got some accent. I, God has a sense of humor to take a Southern boy to put him in Idaho. Okay, I get it. But God didn't go, oops, whoo, I messed up. Put Rhett in a weird place called Alabama, right? And like, what am I going to do with him? God didn't say that. God didn't go, you know, oh my gosh, when he grows up, he's going to be tall. He's going to be lanky. He's going to struggle with his weight. You know, he's got a big nose, a big head, talks a little bit funny. Hey, Gabriel, what are we going to do with this kid right here? I don't, I don't know. Somebody help me out. God didn't do that. 
No, God created me on purpose for a purpose. He had something for me to do. He had an assignment for me. He had a mission for me and he has a mission for you. And that is to live a life on purpose for a purpose. And that purpose is to live a legacy life. And that is to do good. This is good preaching. Thank you, Pastor Red. This is why we're alive, everybody. This is the simple message of Christianity. This is our purpose. And not only are we created to do this, you ready? Why should I do good? Because it's fun. Doing good is fun. I'm telling you, when you do good and you put a smile on somebody else's face, man, it just lights you up. And I want to dare you to try something today. Like when you go into a restaurant or wherever you do this afternoon, if you go somewhere to eat and you have a waiter or a waitress, I dare you to like leave them a really big tip. And then when you walk out of the restaurant, you kind of look back and you see when that waitress comes over and a tear comes down her eye because she didn't know how she was going to pay this next bill for the problems and stress she's going through. All of a sudden, you're going to see a smile on her face and you're going to be like, wow, this is what living is all about. In fact, I dare you, when you go into work tomorrow and you're grabbing your coffee, I dare you, man, come on, I double dog dare you to pay for the person's coffee behind you. I just dare you, like when you're up there, say, hey, I know this might be a little different, but I want to pay for somebody behind me. And I'm saying, as you slowly pull out and then you maybe pull around the corner and you see that person pull up and they're like, whoa, like why did that happen? Right? I'm telling you, when you put a smile on somebody's face, it is fun. Why? Because it's what you were created to do. It's what you were hardwired to do. And when you align yourself with what God's hardwired you to do, there's a fun and excitement and fulfillment that comes that this world cannot offer you. It only comes from living a legacy life. In fact, Jesus, or Acts 20, 35, Jesus himself said this. He said, hey guys, it is more blessed to give. It is more fun. It is more rewarding to live a legacy life of doing good and giving your life away than it is to receive. Nothing wrong with receiving, but it's better. It's better to give. In other words, when you're doing good, it has a far greater benefit in your life, in your soul, than simply standing back and going, making this life all about me. Now, if you're a parent in here, Guess what, guys? Hey, I'm going to go ahead and just pre-warn you. Christmas is just around the corner, okay? It's like five weeks. But as a parent, you understand on Christmas Day, like, you know, if you love your kids, and I hope you do, and I know you do, but if you give them a gift and you see their faces light up on Christmas Day, what does it do to your heart? It's like, oh, man, this is what it's all about. And I'm telling you, if you're a parent, you realize, man, it doesn't matter. Like my, my wife and my son, they ask me what I want all the time. I'm like, really, I don't, I don't really want anything. I just want the joy. I have so much fun just watching you guys open up presents and stuff on Christmas. Why is that? It's because you were created. You were created to do good. And when you do good and you see a smile on somebody's face because of your generosity, it lights your soul up on fire. But my friends, I need you to understand something. It doesn't only put a smile on your face. You ready for this? It puts a smile on God's face. Doing good, living a life of generosity, aligning yourself to the purpose that God's created you to do pleases God. It pleases God. Hebrews 13, 16. I love this. Don't forget to what? To do good, to share with those in need. Why? Because these are the sacrifices. This is the kind of life, a life not centered on self, but a life centered on others. This legacy life. This is the kind of life that God is pleased with. My friends, this is a beautiful teaching from God's word. And my hope is today that your desire for generosity will come through the filter and the lens that you were created to do this. That it's fun when you begin to experience it. Not only is it fun for you, but it puts a smile on God's face. In fact, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, God loves it. 
God loves it when the giver delights in the giving. You know what it's saying? It's saying, hey, man, when you have fun giving, guess what? God has fun. God has fun. It's fun for God when it's fun for you. Why? Because you were created to do it. And not only were you created to do it, not only is it fun, not only does it bless God, but what's in it for me? You ready? Blessings. That's what's in it for you. Doing good blesses me. It blesses me. Now, by the way, I want you to understand that we don't give to get, okay? But I would be remiss if I did not preach the whole truth and nothing but the truth through God's word. Jesus Christ, the son of God, said this about generosity. Luke 6, 38, give generously, live a life of legacy. And here's the promise, generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down. Come on, say shaken, shaken down, right? To make room for more abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. In fact, your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. What's he saying? What you will reap, what you sow. The level of generosity in doing good will be the same level of generosity in which you receive back. My friends, this is God's word. This is the truth. I'm just wanting to present to you the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you are called as a Christian to live a legacy life, to do good. You were created to do good. It's fun to do good. It puts a smile on God's face. It pleases him, but it also, it also blesses you. So what is a legacy? It's where my life lives on. It's where I give my life to something that goes way beyond my own living. Why? Because my ultimate purpose is to make a difference with my life. It's to live a legacy life. And so we've answered the question, why? Why should I do good? Well, here's a simple question I'm answering now. When? When should we do good? You ready for this? When should we do good? Well, we should do good today. We should do good today. I know I'm telling you, this is a simple message, is it not? But I just need you to understand that a lot of people treat their calling or their purpose like a destination. A lot of people, they're thinking, well, you know, one day when I get my life all together, I'll be able to then make a difference. Or like, you know, one day when I'm out of debt, I'll be able to help pay for somebody's coughing. And I just want you to understand that your purpose, your calling, your destiny is not tomorrow, it's today. Your purpose is sitting right in front of you. Your purpose is sitting right next to you. Your purpose is sitting right behind you. Your purpose is at the restaurant today. Your purpose is the people on the road when you're traveling to work tomorrow morning, as difficult as that can be sometimes. This is your purpose. This is your destiny. It's about others. 2 Corinthians 5, 20. My friends, I just want to remind you that you and I, as Christ followers, we're We're representatives. We're ambassadors. It means we represent who? The anointed one. We represent, as those who profess faith in Jesus Christ, we represent Jesus Christ to do what? To carry the message of Christ to the world. Not just tomorrow, not just when we think we're ready for it. No, no, no. Today. And every day, Mother Teresa said, hey, guys, we are the hands and we are the feet of Jesus. As if to say that people will only experience the love of God if men and women will step up and just begin to love their community in practical ways. In practical ways. Not tomorrow, but today. But today. So how, when, where? Where should I do good? Where should I do good? See, a lot of people incorrectly think that, well, I'm just supposed to do good in good places. Like, well, I'm at church, so I got to line up and do good at church. 
Or like, maybe I'm going to go to a mission this holiday season and serve food to the homeless. That's a good place. Or maybe I should take some food to a food bank. All good things. Nothing wrong with that. A lot of times though, we filter that. Well, we think we should just do good and good places. But I want to tell you today and let you know that we're called not only to do good in good places, but we're called to do good wherever we are. We're simply called to do good wherever we are. And I just want to ask you this. Imagine what your life would look like if every day, or imagine what the world would look like if every day there was a group of men and women who would rise up and say, you know what, Lord, what would you have me to do in this moment? Because I'll tell you this, if you begin to talk to God that way and have those conversations, it will be amazing how he'll open your eyes to opportunities to do good that you're like, whoa, I didn't even think about that. Because I want you to understand, doing good doesn't have to be difficult. Doing good doesn't even have to involve money. It can be absolutely free. Now I'll show it to you. How many of you have thumbs in this room today? Okay. I would say 90% of us have thumbs. Okay. If you have thumbs today, can you text somebody and go, hey man, I was just thinking about you today, man. I'm just praying for you. I hope you have an incredible day. Boom. How about this? Do you have arms? Can you hug somebody? Come on, can you hug somebody and just let them know that it's going to be okay? Like, hey, man, even if they're not going through a difficult, come here, man, I love you. Oh, man, I love it. Just when you walk in the room, you put a smile on my face. I just got to come up and give you a hug, man. And you, hey, you guys got a face? I hope so. <laughs> if you got a face, can you smile? Guys, it's time for the church to rise up and be the church and smile. We got the love of God in us. We have every reason to smile because this earth is not our home, everybody. Heaven's our home. We're just passing through and we had a joy awaiting us. Oh, what glory it's going to be. So we have every reason to smile no matter what situation we're going through. Why? Because we're going to get through this. We're overcomers, right? It means we got some things to overcome, but we're going to overcome them because of Christ Jesus in us. We have a reason to smile. Smile, everybody. Amen. You have a mouth? Just trying to make this very simple and practical. You don't have, it can be easy. Can you just tell somebody you love them? Can you take a time just to say, hey, I'm proud of you. Way to go. Good job. I mean, words have so much power and encouragement to let somebody know they're just doing a great job. And just even that they're thought of, the fact that you're thinking of somebody says so much. And I just want to encourage this, guys. It's just time for us to hit the streets with love and compassion. It's time for us to just take what God's doing in us and to share that with others. We see this in a very practical way in the disciples' life. After Jesus died, rose again. We see this Acts 3, 1 through 2, 6 through 7. It says, one day Peter and John, they were going. Now, notice for a second that they were just going about their normal life. Like, they were just going about their normal day. They went up to the temple at the time of prayer, about 3 in the afternoon. It says, now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful. This was the church entrance at this point, right? Where, notice, this man was put every day. This man was placed in front of Christians every day. And every day, these Christians walked back and forth, back and forth, past a man who had a need. And it says he was placed there to beg from those going into the temple courts. And it says, then Peter, knowing he was created on purpose for a purpose, hanging out with Jesus, said this, Listen, hey, hey, guy, listen, I know money's what you're asking for. 
but I ain't got it. Look at what he says. Silver and gold, I don't have, but what I do have has far greater value than money, my friend. I give this to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. And it says, taking him by the right hand, he helped the man up. And that's what I want to encourage you to do in the middle of your day is to help somebody up. Why? Because this is what life is all about. It's living a generous life of doing good because as we experience his love, we're called to give his love. My friends, this life is not just about surviving life. It's not just about paying taxes, sucking air, and dying. There's more to life than this life. You and I were created on purpose for a purpose to live an intentional life, an intentionality of leveraging our life, our time, our creativity, our thoughts, our ideas, our resources, our finances, to love, not just ourselves, not just our own family, but to love others, living a legacy life. So here's a question. How should I do good? How should I do good? Now, before I answer this, because some of you are like, well, Pastor Rick, can you just offer me some suggestions? And I just want to say this. Each one of you in this room, and I'm probably joining us online, my hope is that you're grown adults. And my hope is that, you know, if you profess faith in Christ Jesus, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you. That's what the Bible teaches us. So knowing that the spirit of God lives in you tells me that if you'll just ask God, he'll show you. So how should I do good? The bottom line is I just want you to ask God in every moment, right where you are today, how should I do good? But I'm not going to tell you what to do, but what I really want to do in this next section of the message before we close is I really just want to show you four opportunities that we're doing as a church that I would love for you to pray, ask God if you should participate in, and when it comes to doing good. So here's four opportunities that we're going to do that I would invite you to join us in. And that is the first at the movies, everybody. Come on. Do you guys enjoy the trailer on the front of the message? Some of you are like, what in the world was that? At the movies, come on, man. Can you do that in church? Yes, we can. And I'm going to tell you how and show you scriptures in a moment. So why do we do at the movies? And how does that have anything to be or do with doing good? Well, because it's not about you. We don't do at the movies for you. We do at the movies for those who aren't here yet. We do at the movies for those who are lost, hurting, broken, hopeless, those friends and family members or coworkers or even your boss or people you run into at the coffee house. We do this for them. We do this for those who need to experience hope. At the movies is simply where church and movies meet. Now, some of you, I get it. I grew up religious at one time too. You're thinking, how in the world can you do movies in church? You cannot show me scripture and verse where you did that. Well, I would say, well, have you read the New Testament lately? Because what Jesus Christ himself did Now, we've put a really religious word around it. We've called it parables. Okay, what is a parable? Jesus taught parables. Jesus taught modern day stories, things that were popular in culture. He took that modern day story and he pulled out biblical truth, revealing God's love and God's hope for humanity. Now, if there would have been movies back then, trust me, my friends, Jesus would have used it, but there weren't, but there were modern day stories. Guess what we have today? How do we share modern day stories? 
right? Through media, through movies. This is the culture and time we live in. So we're gonna just do what Jesus did. We're gonna take modern day stories and then I'm gonna preach God's truth in between the clips. And my friends, it's gonna be the greatest Sunday of your life. Why? Because you're gonna have a lot of fun. Yes, but you're gonna have more fun when you've invited an unchurched person to come and to experience the love of God through people, the love of God through worship, and the love of God through an opportunity to surrender, surrender their life to Christ. Because at the end of that service, my friends, when I say every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm gonna give you permission to peek. Because when your lost friend is sitting right next to you and you see their hand go up, when I say, hey man, if you just wanna come into a relationship with God and experience his hope in life, and when you see their hand go up and you see a tear come out the side of their eye, you're gonna go, oh my God, this is what life is all about. It's all about making an eternal difference. It's about doing good. As simple as inviting someone to an evangelism, you know, basically an evangelism service is what it is. You're going to say it's the greatest Sunday of my life. And some of you are thinking, well, I, I still like Pastor Red. It sounds to me like you're just trying to bring the culture into the church. It sounds to me like you're just trying to become all things to all people. And I go, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what we're doing. First Corinthians 9, 22 through 23. In fact, the person who wrote two thirds of your Bible that you believe in and that you trust in as a Christian who wrote it said this. He said, yeah, I try to find some common ground with everyone. This is Paul doing everything I can putting together an at-the-movie series for my lost family and friends. I'm going to do everything I can to save some, and I'm going to do it to spread the good news of Jesus and to share in its blessings. What we're simply trying to do is Hebrews 10.24. Guys, discover creative ways. Look at this, Hebrews 10.24. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion. And I could not think of anything more creative than taking a modern story that is a movie and to pull out biblical truth from it in our day and age. Come on, man, this excites me. This is an opportunity for you to do good, to invite. So it happens in two weeks, not this next Sunday. But the following, and you need to understand this, you can't watch it online. I wish you could. But due to copyright law, we do not have permission from all the movie and producers and the 100,000 people that make a movie. We don't have their permission to show it in the public without having to pay a lot of money, okay? But what we do have permission and license to do is to show it in this environment. And we've paid for those licenses and agreement. So if you're joining us online, I want to encourage you, come to these services. It's going to be amazing, but you need to be in the room. And there's going to be free popcorn and free sodas as much as you want. Come on, everybody. Yeah. It's good times. And it's free because you paid for it with the offering you gave last week. So it's yours anyway, okay? I'm just saying. I don't want to charge you for none of this. It's free. This is your church, okay? Second opportunity I want to show you when it comes to doing good is the legacy offering. Now, we do this every year as a church. We're not taking this offering today, but this is an act of doing good, of generous. What do we do through the legacy offering? Well, we, we, we have so much fun giving it all the way. Guys, we give 100% of everything that comes into this offering. We give it away. We started doing this when we first launched our church in September of 2018. When you really need money for, because you're kind of the mission. Can I just be honest with you? Because it takes money to be able to pull this kind of thing off to do this. And uh, God just really spoke to me and said, hey, I want you to take up an offering at the end of every year. And in that offering, I don't want you to take any for yourself, but I want you to give it all away. Okay. And so what do we do? Well, September, you know what, October, November, December, that's three months, right? Of going by and we couldn't afford it, but we did it anyway. We set a standard and a principle in place. And because of your generosity, we were able to give $5,000 away in our first three months as a church to local, national, and international missions, which is awesome. 
But the next year we did it, second year. Guys, because of your generosity, we gave over $10,000 away to local, national, and international missions. Check this out. Last year, because of your generosity and your obedience, we gave over $25,000 away to local, national, and international missions. It's so cool. To God be the glory because of your generosity. And so, listen, giving should be spontaneous in some moments, but I, as a pastor, God's word teaches more about intentionality. And so I'm telling you four weeks in advance, I'm not gonna show a sad video. I'm not gonna stand up on this platform and try to manipulate you in any way to give because that that, that's nasty, that's gross, that's disgusting. That's not gonna happen, okay? That's not how we lead this church. But what I will do today and then the Sundays leading up to that is just simply remind you of what's about to happen. We're doing it on December the 5th. And I'm just gonna simply remind you and just continue to ask God to pray. I'm gonna ask you to plan and ask you to respond. Now, if you've been a part of our church for any length of time, I've never asked you to give a dime and I never will, but I will always unapologetically ask you to ask God. And I want a 100% participation in everybody asking God. Because why? Because I know if you ask God, he's gonna ask you to do something. And I just want you to be obedient in that because there is blessing and obedience from what we're learning today, the amount that we give, whether it's financially, whether it's our time, whether it's our creativity, whether it's our thoughts, whether it's our ideas, whatever that God's blessed us with, whenever we're generous with that, what does God do? God blesses us back with it, okay? And so we don't give to get, this is not the point of this, but we're giving because we're created to do it. It's fun to do, it pleases God and it puts a smile on your face as well. So I wanna encourage you to pray about being a part of the legacy offering. It's not something we have to do, but it's something we get to do, everybody. It's something we get to do. One more, uh, two more opportunities. Thanksgiving bags of kindness. Thanksgiving bags of kindness. This is something we've never done before. In fact, we're doing it this year because of our small group outreach team. Uh, love them so much. And so what they've decided to do is they're like, hey, uh, they found 50 families within our community that are through the district. And they found 50 families who are not able to provide for Thanksgiving dinners. Okay, And so what we decided to do is that's unacceptable. We as the church are going to be the church and we're going to do some good in these families' lives. And so we as a church have committed through your generosity to buy all the turkeys that will feed up to six people for 50 families. Okay, But the part that we need you to be a part of is pray, ask God if this is an opportunity that you want to be a part of. And if it is, go to Guest Central immediately following the service. There are some bags out there. And in those bags is uh, basically a shopping list. The shopping list, if you go to Walmart, we've done the math, and if you buy all just Walmart name brand, not the name brand stuff, but just Walmart brand, it comes to around $15 and some cents. So around about $20 or less, you can have the opportunity to bless a family with a Thanksgiving dinner. My friends, I'm just telling you, this is amazing to me. And so we're gonna, we're gonna you know, circle up around this and do this as a church. So if that lights you up and that fires your heart up, go to Guest Central today after this service, just giving you an opportunity, pray, ask God if you should be a part of that. So go to Guest Central. Here's the last opportunity I wanna make you aware of when it comes to doing good in a practical way. And it really is what this service is all about. And that is our acts of kindness cards, acts of kindness cards. You may have seen these at the coffee table or Guest Central, and I believe if we've had enough, you might even see these in the bathrooms today. But these are all for you. They're all for you to keep, no, but to give away. The whole idea and the whole point of this, and what I really wanna do is I wanna encourage you to do some acts of kindness in our community. I want us to paint this town with some love and some compassion and some kindness in some practical ways, everybody, so they can experience the hope in this dark world, my friends. 
And so as I mentioned earlier, man, I would just encourage you to take as many of these cards as you want to take, okay? We're ordering more this week. Take every single one of them that you can. And when you get your coffee tomorrow, pay for somebody's coffee. Ask the barista, hey, will you give this to the person behind them and just let them know this is the reason that I paid for their coffee? And when they get this and they see it and they're like, something extra to show you God loves you. And maybe they just lost their job. And then on the back end, it says, and so do we. And there's a church family of One Life Church that they can be a part of that loves them, that's here for them. When you go to your restaurant, I'd encourage you to leave a big tip, like bigger than like, you know, 15%. Let's, let's double, triple the size of that thing. Leave a card. And when that waitress gets it and she sees that there is a God who loves her, who hasn't left her, who hasn't forsaken her, who sees her even in her moments of her weakness and her pain, but there is a church family who loves her. And even more, there's a God who is thinking about her. How did she experience the love of God? Through a simple act of kindness. Come on, be the hero tomorrow. Walk into work, throw some donuts down on the table and go, hey, just something extra to show you I love you. Now, if you're a high roller, go to Chick-fil-A, buy some chicken minis. They're amazing. And drop the chicken minis down. I'm saying to go to your first responders and don't take them donuts. Give them a gift card to Texas Roadhouse because you know our first responders like, they like, they like donuts, but they like steak, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Let's live a generous life. Why? Because has God does any, has he done anything generous for you? Has God done anything good for you? Has he forgiven you? Has he saved you? Has he healed you? Has he delivered you? Has he given you love and life? Has he treated you generously? He has. So this is what Jesus says. Matthew 10, 8. Because you've been treated generously, so live generously. Do good. I'm about to show you a video uh, of a man that I know nothing about, okay? I don't know what this man stands for, but I know that in this moment, this man stood for humanity. In the midst of hate, in the midst of division, politically and racially, this man, he stood for something that was right. And what you're gonna see in this video is a man who just happened to have his eyes open that day and he saw a young lady trying to pay for her gas and her debit card wasn't working. She didn't, she didn't have any money. She didn't know it. Her husband had just died and her husband was over all the finances for her family. And she just didn't know that there was no more money in the bank and she didn't know how she was gonna be able to pay for gas or in fact, even to continue on living. And so what you're about to see is a random act of kindness that God is calling us all to. And let's just take a look at this. friends, this is what living a legacy life looks like. It's letting the light of God shine through you. 
through the hurt, through the pain, through the darkness that is our world by just a simple act of kindness. Jesus tells us this, and we'll close. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light that gives light to the world. A city that is built on a hill cannot be hidden, and a people don't hide it. They don't hide it under a bowl. No, no, no. They put it on a lampstand so that the light shines for all the people in the house. So in the same way, Jesus tells us, you and I, One Life Church, should be light for other people. Live your lives in such a way so that they will see the things that you say. No. But they will see the good things you do. And it will praise your Father in heaven. In other words, it will make an eternal difference. It opens up people's eyes to the fact there's a God in heaven who loves them and gave their all for them. And he just happened to use a human, a man or a woman, called One Life Church to share his love through. Will you bow your head and close your eyes? Nobody looking around. I want to pray for you. God, thank you for this moment. Together as a family, God, really, you've called me to lead the most generous church on the planet. And sometimes when I stand up before them and I preach a message like this, I mean, I know they already understand it and they get it. We all do. But Lord, I'm just asking that today, maybe even though we understand it, Lord, that may we just experience this on another level, that our just eyes will be open in a fresh new way to really understand that, God, this is what Christianity is all about. This is what, this is what Jesus did for us. He gave his life so that we could have life. And so now we give our lives so that others can experience life through the love of God through us. And I'm praying that we recognize that this is what we were created to do. It's a lot of fun. It does put a smile on your face, but also puts a smile on our face and blesses us. So Lord, I thank you. God, we just give you our hearts and our lives today just a full permission to continue to lead us and guide us in doing good things as we leave these four walls today. Now with every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody looking around, I'd be remiss if I didn't give somebody an opportunity to really come into a relationship with God. As I mentioned earlier, salvation is not about doing good things. It's not about going to church. Salvation is just simply about a moment of surrender. It's a moment where you've just come to realize that I can't live this life on my own and that one day when I die, I will stand before a holy God. And depending on how not only I live my life, but depending on the fact of whether or not I gave my heart to Christ will depend on where my eternity is. And some of you in this room, you can't quite say for sure that if you were to die today, that you would spend eternity in heaven with God. So if you're here today, I want to give you an opportunity. It's a free gift. It's grace. Listen, the only thing that God ever wants for you is his love, his kindness, and you to experience life in abundance. And God is here today with his outstretched arms. He is not far. He is near. He loves you. He's not mad at you. And he is here in all his kindness, and he would love for you to come into a relationship with him, to experience his life. And if that's you today, I'd encourage you. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm not going to ask you to stand. I promise I will not embarrass you in any way. But if you're here today, you're like, you know what? I want to surrender my life to God today. Would you be so bold as to raise your hand across this room right now? God bless you, sir. Anybody else? Come on, this moment. This is the moment that I want to surrender my life to Christ. Come into a relationship with God. God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. Greatest decision. God bless you, sir. Greatest decision in your life. You can put your hands down. It's not about a hand raised, but it is about a heart that just simply connects with God. And I would encourage everybody in this room to pray a simple prayer like this, to say, God, thank you for wanting to have a relationship with me. 
Thank you for Jesus. I believe he died and he rose again to pay for my sin. I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe he's the way, the truth, and the life. And today, I surrender my life to Jesus. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Forgive me, change me, come live on the inside of me. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, we had several hands go up across the room today. Can we throw our hands together, celebrate with those who made a decision?